Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. This is your call. This is your show. Uh, you're the interactive call-in show. You ask the questions. We'll give you the answers. Or at least we can the best answers that we know. And or if you don't call, we'll call you. Yeah. Wait if, by the phone. If you don't, we can get you to a prob- a, a place that uh, can handle that. But, you know, most, most things we can answer for you. We're BP at uh, 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. So we're on Dodge. Come see us. Been there for 40 years. There uh, every day. You pass by us. So we're also, you know, in the last uh, few months, we're on uh, podcast, too. So if you uh, call in on the show and you want to hear your voice afterwards, yeah. you, f- you can go back and see what you sound like on Mr. Mechanic Worldwide. There you go. You can see what you sound like on the radio with a, the question. Maybe you forgot the answer and you got to go back to the podcast so we can tell you what the answer was. And because sometimes we give out quick, short answers. Sometimes we get out long winded answers. Yeah. Because it's not fixing the car isn't as always as easy as it uh, sounds. We're a little bit like doctors. Yeah, we got to get those get those complaints. We got to figure out what that is, and the little complaints are the can solve the the biggest problems. Mm. Figure out the squeaks. Squeaks are nuts. They just there's, there's always a squeak somewhere. A squeak come from anything. Rusty brakes, suspension, steering. That's the things with mechanical parts. Yeah. They make noise. They do. Some and, make a lot of noise. And once the rubber breaks down, which it all does, because everything's mounted in rubber somewhere, somehow, in that car, it uh, if it was all bolted to metal, it'd be so rigid and squeak like crazy, you'd never be able to, never be able to sit in it. Hmm. So, well, anyway, give us a call. Five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in. Had a few articles here to start the the morning with bird poop you're speaking my language okay all right let's so, talk about bird poop yeah it's just an article i ran across and this is probably not so much they all flew south for the winter time where did this google search start i don't it was just about cars <laughs> bird it, poop first car yeah yeah well okay you know, that's what it is uh hey we all get bored. Birds eat berries, eat all that stuff. We know that we we got to get it off of our car. But I did not realize it's so acidic that it would eat right through the clear coat of your 
paint. You know, left there long enough, mm. it'll go right down to the base paint and damage it, and you got to repaint the car. Hmm. So get yeah. it off there as soon as you can. I, I don't know how long it Again, takes for that. The BP Buchanan Service Center, 50th and 80th and Dodge Car Wash, open seven days a week, 24 yeah. hours a day. That's why we have it, to get that mm-hmm. off. But we're probably going to have a test car. I think your car is probably going to be the test car, Kyle. No trouble. It needs painted anyway. Okay. It's still got as, a couple good top panels. As soon as you get a uh, the first dive bomb, you would need to mark that on the calendar. You know, now that this is becoming a research deal, I'm wondering if we can't get the zoo involved and park my pickup down in the aviary. We could. I suppose we're going to have to get some uh, research dollars involved in this yeah. and uh, get some grants going. I Well, I'll check into that for you. Yeah. We'll get that going. Yeah, we need to get to the bottom of this and engineer a new kind of paint that's bird poop resistant. Well, it's all water-based now. I mean, I, I, Boy, we got I, a sales pitch for everything. <laughs> I'm surprised it just don't slide off your car, you know, normally. I, I don't know how any of that works, but yeah. who knows. You know, I was, we could probably come up with, you know, because it didn't say anything. I mean, the research and development, I mean, that's still underway. I mean, hang tight, guys, but yeah. Some kind of a wax or a varnish or something that kind of lock the. Yeah, you would suppose that if you uh, you know put that that uh, that one kind of wax that ceramic coat on there, it would it hit and just slide off. Yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Maybe that's the whole key, putting c- ceramic uh, coating on your car. I'm gonna research this a little bit more. I'll get, get back to you by spring. I, I, okay, I appreciate Bird that. Bird season. <laughs> Here's something else that's interesting too. Uh, the Environmental Protection Agency is cracking down on tuners. And tuners are you're taking everything from, you know, stock is the way it came out of factory. And you call and, and, and you go on to eBay and you get these things that delete the uh, emission controls. And um, then you go out and cause that's it, it's getting you more power. It's getting you smoke out the back, tailpipes, blah, 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 blah. It's what blah. makes the car fun. Yeah, it's what makes the car fun. So uh, eBay is kind of looking into certain of those and they're going to stop selling certain parts. And that is going to make them, you know, have to be compliant because they're obviously selling this stuff. And oh, and it's a million dollar industry. Oh Every yeah, car yeah. On the street that sounds like a vacuum cleaner has all this stuff on it. They're going to start to crack down on companies who who manufacture and sell emission defeat defeat devices, and uh, that's going to be you know whoever starts to sell that. So and there's other things that you can. Get I don't know what that includes or don't include, but um, I suppose if you want some of that stuff, you better go get it. I don't know how long that'll take to go through the government, so that that could no, be something. No, we that's... got a while yet, <laughs> with Craigslist and people selling used parts. Yeah, I bet we got some time. I, nothing happens really fast in the government. We all know that. So this might be an article we say today, and it and this might not. Be. Where do carburetors fall into this? Uh, you know, we both know that. Carbureted cars don't really oh, emissions terrible. wasn't really a thing. No, no, and, and and really running right wasn't a thing. No, they ran horrible. They still do run horrible. Every once in a while, you'll get one that just purrs like a kitten, but for the most part, they just some point during the year it won't. They, they, yeah, <laughs> it seems like you know the carburetors were way better as far as how it ran back in the 30s and 40s when they were way simpler. Yeah, they were essentially just a soup can. Yeah. Put a little vacuum to that, and here you yeah. go. Put a Venturi on it, and you got it. Nothing to as it. As soon as you added all the uh, environmental stuff that you had to have on it to, to keep it, which really didn't work. No. It was still no. very, very inefficient. When they, when they went to 
when they went to carburetors, it made it super efficient. And, you know, now they've gone super, super efficient with direct injection and things like that. But I was I was happy when the carburetor's gone. I, I just. Yeah, I can see that. But, you know. In the you, early days probably wouldn't have been super terrible. No, you have I mean, old, where you came around in the 70s and 80s, not a lot of fun. No. <laughs> we both have old trucks with old, you know, one-barrel carburetors. And, uh, boy, you talk about a car, you fire up and. And uh, they just run like a watch, and you can yeah. You, there's nothing to it. Nothing to it, and you know Hold the, the choke and turn the key, and away you go. Old Model Ts, you know, the, the, these things run. I mean, you barely have to crank them to get them started. Yeah, but they've got uh, you know different magnetos that they to fire off. That they, you know, very low compression. Yeah, yeah. Well, both Kyle and uh, and me are happy that those are gone. So. Now, thanks to these companies they're trying to shut down, we're swapping those to fuel injection. You know, yeah. For now. I mean, you're just stifling business is all you're doing because those engineers have worked hard to try to figure out how to go around that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe they should be allowed to. I don't know. Hey, you can think about it. There's somebody doing it in their garage. Yeah. Yeah, why yeah. not? Got their erector set, and they're trying to figure it out. So, I mean, you can whittle a carburetor ever a block of wood yeah if you had enough time <laughs> not going nowhere sure why not <laughs> let's try it all right five five eight eleven tens the numbers to get in uh we'll be back in a minute hello i'm sarah mclaughlin's brother did you know that every 30 minutes a mechanic goes without an oil change mechanics all over the world are starving to simply replace some intake manifold gaskets or replace ignition coils and engine coolant temperature sensors in fact one out of every 10 mechanics will go a full day with replacing an exhaust gas recirculation valve but now you can help for just 75 cents a day you can sponsor your own mechanic your donation will help complete a mechanic's life by giving him the basic needs of replacing mass airflow sensors and maybe even a catalytic converter and in return for your contribution we'll send you a picture of your mechanic replacing an oxygen sensor for the very first time forget about homeless puppies and starving children. The real need is to fulfill a mechanic's workday so that he doesn't get too bored just sitting around in a dirty garage. Thank you. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Two locations, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. Gary Saddlemeyer for Heapy, Hoffman, Dwarak, and Cutler, Mortuaries and Crematory. A busy holiday season weekend, but still lots of news happening. We're all over it. Hope you'll join us Monday, KFAB's Morning News. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in. Give us a call so we can help you solve and tackle that job that you're just not getting done. We're going to head over to John. John's got a 97 F-250. John, what's going on today? Well, I've got a problem in the radiator. The uh, overflow tank, it will not push. When the engine warms up, it won't push the fluid into the tank. And, of course, then it will not draw it back. I, um, it has a 13-pound uh, radiator cap onto it. I even called the dealership and asked their parts people about that. Seems to be the right one. Mm-hmm. But I, I 
at, after you drive it, it, the water goes someplace. I'm just not sure where. So it, it's it's heading over to there, or you're having a leak somewhere is kind of what you're thinking. It, it's down in the radiator? Well, well it, it goes down after driving it, but I put a piece of cardboard underneath of it when I pulled it in and parked it, and there's no drip onto that. Right, right. Well, it's going somewhere. Yep, yep. There's too many chemicals and antifreeze for it to evaporate um, over a short period of time, maybe years and years and years. Um, and if you've got a new radiator cap and you don't have any leaks in the system, so it, it bases on that pressure building up, and then as it as it comes out, that cap opens and just sucks everything right back in there. But if you've got a leak somewhere, it's not doing that. How does it how does it run when it sits overnight and you start it up first thing in the morning? Seem to run okay. Uh, I drive this very seldom, but uh, sometimes it's a month, and it starts right up every time. It doesn't miss. Okay. Um, well, typically, as a rule, it's uh, if it's low on antifreeze, it's going somewhere. The one thing on those Fords that always seems to get people, if it's a small leak, look behind the alternator down in that intake valley. There's a heater tube in there that likes to rust out. And that valley can hold a lot of antifreeze before you're going to see it on the bottom. Yeah, that's true. You it's, can look just right down behind the alternator, down into the engine valley there. It's a V8, probably a f- uh, 5.4, I'm sure. 5.8. Mm-hmm. 5.8, yeah. Yeah. Take a look at that tube. See if that there's antifreeze in that valley. Cause a lot of times you'll see it there, oh. but you won't see it on the ground. Right, yeah. And then as you're driving down I'll, I'll look into that. As you're driving down the road, it may slosh over and it's it's going down, but you just don't see it as it's sitting still. So it yeah. It, I'll I'll look at that. The, the rule of thumb is is that if it's leaking, it's only gonna go two spots. And one is that it's leaking out externally or it's burning it through the engine. That's kinda why I asked whether it's uh, running bad or not. Yeah. yeah. And typically what you want to do to check that is you can do a head gasket check and things like that. But if it's going internally you know, drive it around one day and then let it build up good pressure and then see what it, how it starts next morning. And if it fires off, if it runs a little rough first thing in the morning, you, you might have that going on. If it sits for months again before you have a chance to to drive it again, it might dissipate enough that you may not notice it. So sure. Check the oil oh, okay. make sure it's not going in there. Yep, yep, check the oil. I've, I've been watching the oil dipstick very, very close and – uh, I, I measured from the full mark to where it's at, and it's only a sixteenth of an inch, and it's been that way for a year. Yeah, so you're fine. No trouble there. Yeah, so it doesn't always go from antifreeze to oil. Can, but a lot of times that that compression will go just into the water jacket, and that's where it goes. So it can go into one of those. It can go into both of them. It can mix back and forth. There's various scenarios, but yeah. Oh, okay. Now, one one other thing I noticed: this has two on the on the filler cap under the uh, radiator cap. It has two outlets there, mm-hmm. one to the overflow, and the other one goes a steel line over to the top of the manifold and down into there. I'm just assuming that that's a engineer's way of of developing. Heat faster into the manifold. Probably going creating. into your throttle body to heat up that air charge. Yep, 
heat up the throttle body or uh, air bleed. Mm-hmm. One of those two, because it's one. It's probably the highest thing in the system. Okay. Well, I'll look. I'll look for uh, something down in in the valley, and see what I can come up with. But I, I just haven't been able to find anything out of it. So, I appreciate the help on that. Absolutely, John. We appreciate the call. Call us back when you know some more. Yeah, antifreeze leaks are just kind of funny. You just never yeah. know. A lot of times, they when antifreeze leaks on a car, it can usually, as a rule, it'll go down and hit something else, and then hit something else, and then before it hits the ground. Yeah, so, it's, you're doing a maze backward to find it. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of going. It's it starts. It's over here on the right hand side of the car, but it started in the middle, and it just keeps dripping down somewhere else. But there are some cars that it'll drip drip straight down. Yeah. It won't touch a thing. And then next thing you know, you the, the water pump's leaking, then you shut it off, it leaks, and then in, as you're driving it around, go somewhere else, the next couple of days don't do anything. Yeah. So, uh, it, and you look up there, and it's completely dry. and it's, it's Or heater be, cores will leak underneath your carpet, and the insulation mat will soak it all up, and you don't ever notice yeah. a leak. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even smell them because the drain's right there, and it doesn't have time to heat up that antifreeze to yeah. get through the vents. And the heater core is, uh, yeah, it's just a minute amount that, yeah. that leaks, and it's the blower motor that uh, spreads it around, and that's why the windows fog up on the inside this time of year, or can be one of the reasons. So, Heater yeah, cores. Yeah. You think we've had, how long have we had heater cores anyway? Well. A long time. 100 long years? Time. Oh, probably 100 years. We should have been able to figure I mean, that out by now. when they come out, like with the 30s, 40s? Yeah. You'd think we'd been able to figure heater cores out by now, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, what does Tesla use for a heater core? Do they just have like an electric heating element, like it's a some, space heater? A little bit. I think it's it's an uh, that's one portion of it. Yeah, I, I think that's maybe the only portion of it. They might have some fluid that's that's moving around in there, but I think it's I mostly mean, everything electric. else is electric. Why use fluid? Why bring that into? The well, car? but you gotta you gotta have fluid in the in the in the electric motors, yeah. in the differentials and things like that. Leave it there. <laughs> I agree. I got a space heater in my basement that'll heat the thing up to yeah. livable temperatures. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna head over to Jerry. Jerry's got a antifreeze uh, issue. Jerry, go ahead. What kind of car? Um, hold on, just one second. Sure. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm electronically impaired. Hey, you know, with a radiator, we had like the same thing. My son had a 2003 Nissan Altima. And he was like constantly. And I may not be exactly correct, you know, with the terminology, but when we took it in, because it wouldn't leak when the car was off. Um, it would only leak when the system was off. Yep. Or something. And it was like losing it as he was playing. And when he shut the car off, Oop. you know, it stopped losing. Yeah, you're, you're breaking up on us a little bit. That makes sense? Yep, you're breaking up on us a little bit, but I, I basically you you were just saying it can be a, it can leak in a lot of different ways. I'm sorry? Yeah, we couldn't hear you all that well. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah, I'm sorry. So in my son's 2003 Nissan Altima, um, it was losing. I mean, he was putting fluid in it like every other day. 
Um, so it was losing quite a bit, but it never dripped onto the ground or onto the cardboard. And sure. what it was was it was must have been like a pinhole leak that like only when he was driving it mm-hmm. was pushing fluid out. Then he shut it off and it quit. And we were going nuts. Yeah. So yep. I mean, it could be as easy as the guy's got a bad hose. Sure. You know. Yep. So. Yep. But sometimes you start with the simple stuff. Yep. Yep. Well, we appreciate that. Appreciate that advice. And you're right. It's sometimes it can. It has to wait for it to get to pressure because the hole's not that big for it to push out. And by the time exactly. you come, come back to it a week or a month later, it's all sealed itself back up and crusted over. Yeah, it's right. there. Uh, it's there. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. easy if he doesn't drive it that much. Maybe he cracks a couple eggs in the old farm truck and uh, <laughs> let let it just yeah. seal up that way, and all the problems will be gone and won't have to worry about it. So. Yeah, or just change out his hoses, and they should be in good shape, maybe. Yeah, I think you get extra, extra large, double grade A eggs. I think they are. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how you solve that. Okay. All eagle right. Eggs. Help. You bet. Yeah, it's a Ford. You got to use eagle eggs. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's pl- maybe it's around the farm. There's plenty of them around. Around yeah. you can do that too. So, all right. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. If you're hanging on the line, just hang tight. We'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Call to schedule your appointment today at 402-393-2722. I got a story about monkey business. You might recognize it by another name. It's the Rosie DiGenosi on the podcast page under Jim Rose at kfab.com. All right, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Let's answer that question, get you back to fixing that car. So we're going to head over to, I think, Tom. Tom's got an 06 Savannah van. Tom, what's going on today? Hello. Uh, Sands uh, has 126,000 miles on. It's a six-liter engine. And on uh, like on extended highway trips, there's a, a very consistent uh, uh, uh Random misfire code appears, and sometimes the light blinks. Uh, and driving around town, it's only occasional, but it, and on trips, it sometimes it, uh, when, any, when you're driving highway speeds and you accelerate, the, that usually would set it off. Sure. And uh, but it, and again, around town, it almost uh, is very very seldom. So my question is, if it starts getting more consistent, what do I look for? I have changed. Uh, Plugs and uh, and coils, and I've checked the uh, fuel. The fuel pressure at idle is fine, but I haven't never checked it at high speed. Okay, so you got plugs and wires and everything else on this thing. All yes. that's been done. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, with your check engine light being on, are there any lean codes? Any oxygen sensor codes? Anything like that? N- n- no, it's, that it's only ever been just the random misfire and nothing else. Okay. Six six liter. We have, um, you know, if you got a misfire once in a while, it's kind of going down the road. You might suspect a, a lifter kind lifter, of cause Maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, the first thing I'm going to look at when I get this in, and you know, give or take what scan tool you have. GM is great with their misfire counters. I love misfire counters on GM because mm-hmm. they give you an actual history of which cylinders are misfiring. And a lot of times you'll see that it's just one bank. Right. And PO300, I mean, it's 
multiple cylinder misfires. I mean, you could have one cylinder that's misfired 5,000 times, another one that's only misfired eight times, and it's going to set PO300. It won't pick up oh, okay. the one bad one. So Yeah, it allows you to isolate down exactly what looking you're looking at for. An actual misfire history of this engine, you can find what cylinders are affected, and that'll really narrow it down. I mean, if you got three cylinders that are, you know, really hitting hard on one bank, first thing I'm going to look at is an oxygen sensor. I want to know what this mm-hmm. thing's doing. Is it lean? Do you got an intake gasket that's sucked in? You know, again, yep. that would be something that's happening more often or cold engine startup, but correct. Uh, yeah. Air, not out of the possibility. You're back to air, fuel and spark. Yeah. You know, air, air is your intake gasket. He just mentioned, uh, Kyle just mentioned, you know, fuel is your injector. Um, spark is your, your plug, you know, and then you can also, you know, it's a possibility, I guess a possibility that you could have a, a bad plug, even though you changed them. How long, oh, go- sure. how long ago did you change them? Oh, about oh, uh, thirty thousand miles. About okay. Well, it's a possibility. Yeah, it's a possibility. But okay. So, and then you can say, say number five is what's causing your problem. If you want to, without buying parts, you could switch certain parts over to the next cylinder, over to number three. Oh yeah, three. plugs, wires, fuel injectors—they can yeah. all be switched. Yeah, I'll switch it over to one cylinder and then see if everything follows it. And if it follows it, it it's just a cheaper way of of uh, figuring electrical to mechanical. Yep, correct. Okay. Well, thank you. I, uh, I've always been kind of wondering what's been going on. on yeah, that. you might sure. have you might have to have a scanner that's just a little bit better, bigger yeah. and better than you know just the average one in order to be able to. Uh, yeah, most average yeah. code readers. I mean, you're not going to be able to narrow it down the way that we like. But to, if but you look on Amazon, right, okay. I bet you you could probably buy a code reader nowadays that will plug into that oh, older vehicle. That eBay have, is a great place. Yeah, they'll they'll have a um, a scanner that is not doesn't break the bank, but at least gets you misfires, uh, counters, and histories in order to be able to tell you specifically what it is. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. So the the history is the biggest thing to figure out. Well, yeah. Yeah, because it's going to count up to about a hundred, and then it's going to and it's going to dump it over into a history file. So and it kind of tells you a little bit, and that way you can kind of go look at that, and then you can when you want to switch from the thing you change the parts from number five to number three and see if it follows it well you can just do them one at a time and see if it follows it that way you don't you don't change everything at one time you you know uh, if you've replaced all being equal if you replace the plugs and the wires the coils and things like that you're down to an intake gasket or oxygen sensor or a fuel injector you know if it's because it's a a random deal so okay Try, try that tom let us know. Well, thank we'll, you very uh, much. Help you through if you need some more. All right. Appreciate You bet. Thanks for the – appreciate the call. We're going to head over to George. George has got a 98 Dodge Ram. George, what's going on? Yeah, I just got a quick question. I've, I've, uh, I know that these GMs have some problems with their electrical as far as uh, their connections to common and things like this. I, I've had some problems in the past with – uh, when I would go to start my vehicle, like I'd get uh, my windshield wipers would turn on or my turn signal would go off. And I did some work on, uh, did some looking online and I found that, you know, they have a, in 1998, they've got a one big ground lead that uh, has about 13 or 14 circuits on it, you know. So I, so I broke those all out and made a bus 
and uh, <clears throat> tie those all down. And that seemed to take care of the problem. Uh, that, so I've got now good connections on all those instrument grounds and those connections to back to the, uh, back to the uh, uh, frame. Now, what's happened to me now is that I've, uh, I'll, I'll go to start my vehicle, and sometimes it'll start and sometimes it won't. I mean, sometimes I'll turn it on, and sometimes it just, you know, nothing will happen. It almost it almost makes me think it's like the ignition switch. I mean, just just absolutely nothing turns on. Um, and I didn't know whether or not you guys had any experience with the with these Dodges and those ignition switches and those Ram five fifteen hundreds. Yes, <laughs> yes, we have. Um, it, it, does it sound like that problem, or, or or did you have some other advice here? No, I mean it's kind of when you get that column apart, you're going to see it's kind of a funky design. There's like your key, and then there's a gear that turns your ignition switch. And mm-hmm. Like it, in the ones that I've taken apart, you know, because it's kind of gear driven. Like everything, it kind of gets all cattywampus in there, and it doesn't make any kind of a connection. Right. And we replaced a lot of them. That's be the. Uh, well, will, will you ever have problems where it it tries to start and then it doesn't because i mean there's times where I, you'll turn it and it'll the you know the engine will just turn over slightly and then it'll stop and uh then i gotta let the key back off and i'll try it again and nothing will happen then i try it again and then it'll turn over so it, you know then it'll then it'll huh it, it certainly can because that's where everything starts yeah I mean, bad you, connections are bad connections. yeah and I the mean, other thing that is very very common in this car is our m- most chrysler and dodge products is make sure that you have good battery cable connections to the battery and I don't, I don't mean just go out and just, you know, get clean, yeah. clean off. You're the talking about. The, are you talking about the other, the other side of the connection, basically yeah. going from the battery to where it's going, cleaning no, those up too? No, no, I'm talking about the battery cable ends and going to the battery. You get arcing, you get arcing inside those battery cables, and you pull them off and you clean them up a little bit. They look okay. You've got to get it down to fresh metal on the battery cable end and on the battery itself. Because they're very, very electrically dependent, and if you've got one of them that just arcs through one time, and next time it won't, and it's just very common, uh, very common. All right, because because uh, I'd had uh, that was one of the first things I checked. Uh, it's interesting to note that on these uh, on these batteries, for some silly reason, on the on the negative side of the battery, the connection. Uh, the cable connection that you have there is is very, I mean, it's very solid. You've got, you know, the strap that goes all the way around the, the post of the battery. And that's, you know, it's a very tight fit. When you go to the positive side, it's not so good. I mean, no. it's, you, can, you, you can crank the bolt all the way down, and it's still almost loose on that post. It is. And what I did. And what I did is I went in and I went and, and uh, I got a shim, so I put a shim on there. Uh, and you know th- you can get those at like AutoZone or something like that. It's a lead shim that you cap that goes over the top of the post. But the, getting back to the thing that you said, so you, you're saying that I need to go back and like clean up the battery posts, clean those yeah. up really well. Get it back to raw lead. Get it back to raw uh, lead okay. on the uh, on the battery itself, and then uh, clean that post up real well. And start with that, well, and then move over okay. to the ignition switch. All right. So, All right. but what about even the uh, even the uh, what was I going to say? E- what about even the terminals? The the, the terminals on the the terminals on the on the cables. Uh, those are like a stainless steel. 
And, you know, I'll take a, a, a good stiff brush, a guire brush, and brush the heck out of those. Yeah. And then... Just clean the inside. Cleaning the inside is, is the biggest thing. Yeah, the biggest thing. Uh, I missed that. I missed that. Cleaning the inside of the cables and the battery is the biggest thing. Okay. Yeah, try, try that first. And, George, i got to take a quick break. we we got to head out of here. I'm gonna up against a break here, so hang on just a bit. 558-1110 is numbers to get in. Be right back. The Mr. Mechanic Show is powered by Buchanan Service Center, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. All right, we're in the lightning round. We've got to answer a few more questions for the end of this show. So we're going to head over to Dave. Dave's in the market to buy. Dave, what's going on? What are you looking for? Uh, hello, thanks for your, uh, taking my call. Looking for a small SUV or minivan. It's got to be a six to seven seater. My budget is about 18000 Any suggestions? Um. What what years? Yeah, eighteen thousand. So you're looking that that might be kind of tough. Even though uh, used car prices are starting to fall a little bit, it but you just Toyotas, Toyota Sienna, yeah, Rav Four. You're not going to get that many people in. No, Highlander, but you're going to be upwards of eighteen thousand for a newer one. Okay. Um, you know the big uh, on the. I'm trying to think. The Buick Encores? No, not the Encores. We drove here in one. Oh, we did. <laughs> what, what is it? I can't remember what the heck it is. It, well, there's a Traverse and everything along that Traverse. The Arcadia. Traverse. Yeah. The Arcadia and things like that. That's going to fit your bill as far as your, your amount of... Your budget, yeah. Yeah, as far as your budget and the amount of people that you want to haul, it, it is not going to fit in as far as the car repair. Uh, Honda Pilot. You got third row Pilot. Yeah, you got third row Pilot. Um, I just want to be clear the the are the Traverse and the Arcadia is not not the one you want to buy. Oh, we fix them. I'd be okay if you bought it, but yeah. you're not going to be happy. <laughs> uh, I want to say Toyota Hondas and and, and the third row seat. You know, like the Rav Fours, the CRVs. I don't think have the third row seater. Nope. No, no, no. You're going to have to get up into a Highlander. You might have pilot. To, yeah, pilot. You're just going to have to go. You know, maybe up into a Forerunner. Just something a little bit. Yeah, kind of the midsize, not the smaller SUVs. Yep, stage just yep. right. Uh, you know, Sequoia. I mean, boy, there's a good one. I mean, you, the, the Sequoia, Sequoia yeah, I mean, is just a rock-solid car. I mean, even if you buy one that's 15 years old and somebody is taking yeah. care of it, it's just a rock-solid car. I mean, you, you, that could, it's a big car. It's going to be a little more gas, but it fits It fits where you want. And uh, you got room in there. Yeah, you got room in there, and it's just, like as a, again, it's just a great car that will last for a long time. Okay. Any other makes that are makes their good to reliable? I was looking at Toyota Hondas. Any Nissans? I'm not sure about anymore. Nope. Um, Got good engines, but you're gonna be putting a tranny in it. I, you know. Oh yeah. Hate to say American that. American cars are not too keen on those. Kia. Price is a little cheap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know the market's just narrowing. You're right. It's uh, some of the American cars aren't. You know, some of Ford. I don't know what what does Ford have. It's the Mustang. Yeah, the Mustang. There you go. <laughs> no. No, no. You might get into maybe a Flex. Flex would be a great car. Those have been pretty good cars. Um, uh, you know, an Edge. Edge probably isn't as big. The Flex is probably what you're looking for in in that size. You know, things like that. You know. The, okay. The, the, 
the thing to narrow it, do this, narrow all that down. And when you get done narrowing, doing all your research, because I can't remember all the cars. When you narrow all that search, give us a call next week. We'll help you a little deeper that way. Take the week off. Go test drive a bunch of cars. Yeah. Yeah. Find Go to out every lot. They'll let you drive them. I know that. research. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You bet, Dave. No problem. All right. We're going to head over to Rex. Rex has got a gas tank issue. Rex, what's going on? Well, my Honda has two two wheels on it. I just bought it's an eighty two. It's uh, I need to clean the fuel tank. It's rusty. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's four fifty. No, it's a it's a max on it, but it's got a lot of rust in the tank. What what type of cleaner would you use? Well, to clean that inside. I've cleaned a bunch of these old gas tanks. There's only one way to really get them clean good. Get online. There's a few guys in our area that do this, but it's chemical stripping. Okay. They'll do rust stripping. They just have a big chemical vat, and they dip your tank in it, let it sit overnight, and pull it out, and you got brand new steel. Yeah, and then it'll oh. find it'll find the holes too if it's if it's, oh, yeah, if it will. has any. And then and uh, <laughs> so there's you can do it through like a radiator place in town that that redoes this and look that up. And there's places that can do it. What they'll do is they'll stick it in a chemical bath just like you said and they'll it'll clean it out inside it out and then they'll line it and and put a liner on the inside okay um and that so will i have to repaint the tank then yeah well they'll it's just gonna take everything off of that tank yeah it'll it'll take everything okay. off that tank inside and out and uh they'll reline only the inside to to lock in what right what little surface yeah. rust is in there they'll lock in that in and you won't have an issue with that the other the other way okay you know the it, it must be super rusty. The other way is to look around and see if you can find a new gas tank. Well, it's a, it's an eighty-two motorcycle. So. It might be out there. Yeah. Look up a company, tanksinc.com. What is it? Tanks Inc. Yeah, tanks i n c dot com. Yep. There's always okay. somebody out there that's got something on the internet, and that's a great thing about the internet. Even though the internet sure. can be evil, it's it's great for us guys that want to look for parts because you can find anything on there. Sure. Yeah, now it's nationwide search versus just your backyard kind of search. Yeah, so. if they got a tank for a forty-six Hudson, they can help you out. Yeah, yeah, they'll find yeah, something. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. You, you got it. All right, Kyle. That's another hour. Hour done quick, fast. All right. Must well, be lunchtime. Yep. Must be lunchtime. Five five eight eleven tens numbers to get in next week. Call early. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.